The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And uh, really, we hope you've been incited, excited, and interested in all these podcasts. We have so many different series that we've been doing in the middle of. Uh, we have been doing our glossary series. For those of you who've been listening to AI Today for a long time, you know that we've been defining a lot of the terms that you need to know or should know. Uh, if you're going to be involved with AI, either yourself or conversations with others, we, of course, have our generative AI series because that is where all the activity is right now. In terms of the media, everybody's looking at it. And also, it's built into now almost every product. It's got this little magic sparkle thing. Now you can generate text or images or whatever, music, who the heck knows what, you know, change your, translate your voice. It's all here. Hey, guys, we are we have crossed the chasm. AI is here. We also have our Trustworthy AI series where we spend time talking about the different factors involved and all the layers of Trustworthy AI. It's not just one thing or two things. It's a whole lot of things. And uh, we're going to be spending more time on that. We also have, have some interviews. Um, and you should listen to them. It's interviews with folks who are doing and putting AI into practice today, uh, some of whom are certified in the CPMAI methodology. We'll talk a little more about that later. And then others who are just looking to put that into place. But as mentioned, we are in the middle of one of our series, our Trustworthy AI series, and we'll dive more into that today. Exactly. So on today's episode of our Trustworthy AI series, we're going to talk about explainable and interpretable AI. This is the fifth layer of the Trustworthy AI framework that we have. And so other podcasts, and we'll make sure to link to those as well, and we encourage you to listen to them go through governed AI. We also talk about responsible AI, AI system transparency, and the ethical AI layer as well. So it's, like I said, I'll link to those in the show notes and we encourage you to check that out. But on today's episode with our Trustworthy AI series, we're going to be going over the explainable and interpretable AI layer. So we want to make AI understandable, right? You know, a lot of times we talk about uh black box technology and relying on that black box technology can be dangerous. This especially comes in with neural networks because we're not, you know, able to necessarily explain it. So people call that black box technology. When we rely on things that we can't inherently understand, it can be dangerous, especially if we're blindly trusting this. So without understandability, we don't have trust. And this should seem obvious, but uh, you know, sometimes people just, as Ron mentioned earlier, blindly do things, and we don't want to go about doing that. We don't want to have blind trust. So to trust these systems, humans want accountability, and they also want explanation. So they want someone or a group of people to be held accountable, and they also want explanation at the end of the day for them to understand how something was made, how the decisions were made, how the systems work. So getting verifiable explanations on how machine learning systems make decisions and let humans be in the loop is key. Not all machine learning approaches are inherently explainable, particular deep learning, as I had mentioned earlier. So it's important to understand that some approaches are more explainable than others. But just take all this into account, because at the end of the day, you really want to have some level 
of understanding with your AI system? This is incredibly important because often we trust our systems. And actually, as we start using them more and more, we start to actually trust our systems more and more, especially if they're we're using them every day in our daily lives. And if well, if the uh, GPS says take a right and uh, you're like uh, Michael Scott here in the office and you take an immediate right and you end up in the lake, you're like, well, that's what the uh, GPS told me, even though I think it was misinterpreting those instructions. That being said, it's like don't outsource your thinking to the machine. Your thinking is probably pretty good. Machines don't have common sense. We haven't figured out how to build common sense into machines. So you have to use your common sense. But this whole idea of algorithmic transparency is, you know, can the model tell us how it arrived at a particular decision or conclusion? Not just deny the loan or deny the applicant or, you know, make this incision here. Like, why did it do that? Because if there's a problem and I can't understand why, it'll probably give me a bad result again. Maybe it may take a while for that bad result to happen, but it will happen again. And so the idea of explainable AI is it's some sort of method or technique in which we can sort of look inside of this black box and understand how the model is working, how those decisions are made. It's actually very difficult to do that. So we have this sort of next level up of it called interpretable AI, which is that if, well, if we can't get a specific uh, reason for a decision, can we at least find out what factors went into that decision and maybe weight them and say, well, this factor, uh, these were the factors. We can't tell you the exact combination because we don't know, but we could say this factor was weighted the most. That's helpful too, because we can say, well, maybe let's look at that factor or maybe the data was biased in some way that where some of the other factors really had an out. Uh, you know, outweighted result. So interpretability is really this degree to which a human can understand the cause of a decision, even if it can't understand the mechanism by which that decision was made. And it's the degree to which a human can consistently predict. If we can predict what will happen in another situation, then then even if we don't know how the system works, we have a good uh, bit of interpretable AI. And so we have this other level of this root cause analysis, especially when there are problems to say, I know why this problem happened, or at least I could figure out to some extent why this this uh, this happened. If we don't have any of this, we can't really debug our AI systems. All we can do is retrain them. All we can do is try new data. All we can do is try new algorithms. All we can do is try new configurations of those algorithms and say, well, these made mistakes, so let's just reconfigure and do something else. And you say, well, how do I know that system's not going to either make the same mistakes or make different mistakes? The answer is you don't really know. So so this is one of the challenges with, without having interpretable and explainable systems is that we can't effectively debug them, which means find and fix those problems so that they don't happen again. So at this level, the, there's a few main elements that we want to be talking about. So it's understandability and root cause explanation. So when AI systems fail to provide the results that you were expecting, AI systems should always provide a human understandable means to understand the root cause of any failures. So these are explanations without necessarily algorithmic explanation. So, you, you know, if you have a problem uh, and you're dealing with other humans, you want the human to be able to explain that to you. So just like that with our systems, we want to at least have some human understandable means to understand that root cause of whatever these failures are. We also want algorithmic interpretability. So these are AI systems should provide a means to interpret AI results so that cause and effect can be understood, even with limited algorithmic explainability. So if we're using an algorithm that is not inherently explainable, we want to at least be able to interpret the results. 
And then we have algorithmic explainability. So AI systems should use algorithms that provide a direct means to explain how outcomes were arrived from input data. Some algorithms, such as decision trees or support vector machines, are more explainable than other algorithms, such as deep learning neural networks. So when possible, try and use more explainable algorithms, but you know, that are able to provide the, you know, explanation that humans are looking for. So we define this a little bit. There actually is a technical definition. There's a lot of research going into the actual problem of explainable AI. And it was con- conducted by DARPA. I can't really say that we've seen any real uh, results from this. We haven't really been in looking at it that detailed, I have to say. But there haven't been any big announcements about uh, breakthroughs in explainable AI, even though they've been doing research on it uh, since well before our, our company was founded. So I think the idea is well, almost a decade's search here. But uh, this idea of explainable AI is any sort of machine learning technology that can accurately explain how the prediction was made at the individual level. Like for this particular piece of data, I can tell you exactly why this decision was made. This idea is to in- introduce into these deep learning neural nets, which are inherently black boxes, some sort of parallel thing that can sort of track as a decision prediction is being made, it could track what factors and what things went into making that decision, some sort of analogous system. And really, it'll help us understand when the AI systems fail. It'll provide some ways to improve the AI systems and maybe provide some insights into how to make them more resilient and more intelligent, more secure. And, you know, honestly, uh, we have to say that there really hasn't, honestly, there hasn't been any technological progress here really that much so that it's common. Like, you know, right now, most black AI systems are that use neural nets are black box and they don't have any sort of real explainability system in there. And so, again, let's think about trust, especially in areas of healthcare, finance, autonomous vehicles. If we know we're using deep learning neural nets that can't explain their behavior, we do have these issues of trust. And we should know that from a technology perspective, we haven't really made too many breakthroughs to make them more explainable. So as we've been saying, you know, not all algorithms are explainable. Some are just inherently inexplainable. Some some are, are explainable, some are not explainable. And we talk about this black box algorithms. They provide opaque or unexplainable results. We talk about deep learning. Also ensembles where we're just, you know, bringing together uh, many that gets hard to figure out and really have explainability there. There are these white box or glass box algorithms that people uh, sometimes call them white box or glass box. They uh, you know, more easily produce explainable results. So we talk about linear models or decision tree based models, for example, where you're able to see how that was, uh, you know, how the decision tree came to its answer. It's important to understand, you know, if explainability is a core requirement, then choose an algorithmic approach that provides the appropriate explanations as long as prediction accuracy is acceptable. So There is no one algorithm that is best for every single solution. A lot of people do like neural nets and deep learning neural nets, but you don't always have to go with that algorithm. And if their explainability is a core requirement, maybe look for those more explainable algorithms and make sure that that is something that you are talking about and thinking about upfront, especially at the beginning of your project, so that you can move forward um, and make sure that everybody is trusting in your system. Because at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. So if you do need explainability, think about that as you're picking your algorithm. 
And so we can go, as I mentioned, this one level less sophisticated where we have interpretability, which is really the general idea of like, well, I can't tell you uh, exactly why this decision was made, but I can tell you all the factors. I can give you the extent to which a cause and effect can be observed. So I can say, well, this happened and this was the result. I can't tell you why, but probably don't do that again, right? So, or, or if you do that again, it'll probably cause the same issue. So the real issue is, is can we still interpret the results even if we can't explain how they got there? And, you know, this is, this is the issue with, um, you know, a lot of our system. You think about, we don't really know how medic, a lot of medications work. And that's why there's a picture of Tylenol there. It could also be aspirin. We, sometimes we don't know the exact mechanism. Like, how is it that this one pill accomplishes this, this, this goal? We don't exactly know in many cases, sometimes the exact mechanism by which it happens, but it's, it happens enough that we can predict that if we take Tylenol or, or some other pain medication, it will alleviate our pain, even if we don't know the exact mechanism by which it happens. And so we can think about that same sort of interpretability, which is like, okay, these combination of data factors will result, maybe not always, but usually in the same outcomes. And so we could take a look at those factors and deal with them as well. So we could think about these alternative transparency mechanisms, even if we don't have algorithmic explainability. Maybe we can do things like when we have outcomes, especially when they're negative, maybe we do track, we take more tracking of the data. We could say, okay, whenever a loan is denied, let's capture all of this data. Maybe we don't have to capture all the time, but when the loan is denied, let's especially capture this information. And let's take a look at maybe the weighting of what was what was factored. I mean, it can start keeping an eye. Maybe there is a problem with our model. Maybe there's there's some issue with our data. But if we treat, you know, all outcomes the same and we only have wishful thinking, then we will have problems of trust. And of course, we don't want people to start believing that they can't trust our systems. So if we can have this interpretability, at least we have a chance. So yeah, as mentioned, you know, what you just heard was an excerpt from some of our training on trustworthy AI. And we covered trustworthy AI in some pretty fundamental details as part of our CPMAI plus E. That's our most comprehensive training and certification. So on the one hand, for those of you that are not familiar with it, CPMAI is the Cognitive Project Management for AI. It is a methodology and a practice for doing AI right, mainly to help you run your AI projects and maximize success. So the core of it is this methodology that focuses on a iterative multi-phase approach to doing AI projects, hopefully getting you through that as successfully and as quickly as possible. In companion with that, of course, is you don't want to just do the projects. You want to do them right from an ethical, trustworthy, and responsible perspective. So we have a framework that helps guide your AI processes throughout all of your phases and provides this uh, additional layer. And we talk about all these layers of Trustworthy AI here in today's podcast and in previous podcasts uh, in our Trustworthy AI series and some upcoming ones as well. So if you're interested in the training and certification, not only on CPMAI, but also in that Trustworthy framework, you should check out our CPMAI plus E, the E is ethical and responsible AI, but we'll just say plus E, version seven, it's our latest training, most comprehensive, includes generative AI and RPA and all the patterns and all that stuff. So you get the, the best ed, uh, education, but you also get that certification, which you can give to your employers and to your partners to show that this is a stamp that you can use a stamp of approval that you know, not only what these things are, but you know how to do them well. But uh, there's more, the things that we have for you. Exactly. We also, in addition to CPMAI and the various versions of CPMAI that we have, 
We also have a trustworthy AI framework development. So organizations will go in and will help you with your trustworthy AI. I know that some people on our podcast have already reached out to us and we've worked with some of those organizations. So thank you for that. And if you are interested, definitely make sure to reach out to us so we can explain that in greater detail and how we can work with your organization. We also have a trustworthy AI intro course, and I will link to that in the show notes in case you're interested in learning more. And as I had mentioned, I will link to all of our trustworthy AI podcast series so in this episode in the show notes so that you can listen to all of them as well. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to AI Today. As Ron mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we have a lot of different series that we are in the middle of right now, so you'll get notified when all of those episodes come out. We also have a number of interviews that we have lined up that we're really excited about. Some interviews are with AI thought leaders. Others are with folks that are CPMAI certified. So you can see how they are applying CPMAI, the Cognitive Project Management for AI, in the real world and how the methodology and the certification have helped them with their understanding as also how how it's helped with their career as well. So we're really excited for some of those. And also, if you have not done so already, you can always reach out to us. We'd love to hear from our listeners about episodes that you've enjoyed, additional topics you'd like us to discuss. That was why we started our generative AI series, because many folks said they'd like to learn more about generative AI, how people are using it, some of the drawbacks to it, and things you need to, you know, some of the challenges and things you need to be mindful of. So we've gotten some really great feedback on that. Thank you, everybody who have reached out. You can go to AIToday.live, Cognolitica.com, or find us on LinkedIn to reach out to us. And if you haven't done so, also rate our podcasts on iTunes, Google, Spotify, your favorite podcast platform. We do love five-star reviews, and we love to hear from our listeners as well. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, check out more AI Today podcasts at AIToday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. <laughs>